0: Genesis chapter 18, verses 16 to 33. When the men got up to leave, they looked down towards Sodom, and Abraham walked along with them to see them on their way. Then the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am about to do? Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation, and all nations on earth will be blessed through him. For I have chosen him, so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just so that the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he has promised him. Then the Lord said, The outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is so great and their sin is so grievous that I will go down and see if what they have done is as bad as the outcry that has reached me. If not, I will. Will know. Then man, the, the man turned away, and went towards Sodom. But Abraham remained sta- remained standing before the Lord. Then Abraham approached him, and said, "Will you sweep away all? We'll will sweep away the righteous with the wicked?" What if there are 50 righteous people in the city? Will you really sweep it away and not spare the place for the sake of the 50, uh, 50 righteous people in it? For it be from you to do such a thing. For it be from you to do such a thing. To kill the righteous with the wicked. Treating the righteous and the wicked alike. it be from you? Will not the judge of all the earth do right? The Lord said, if I find 50 righteous people in the city of Sodom, I will spare the whole place for their sake. Then Abraham spoke again, now that I have being so bold as to speak to the Lord, though I am nothing but dust and ashes? What if the number of the righteous is is five less than fifty? Will you destroy the whole city for the lack of five people? If I find forty-five there, he said, I will not destroy it. Once again, he spoke to him. What if only 40 are found there? He said, for 40, for the sake of 40, I will not do it. Then he said, may the Lord not be angry, but let me speak. What if only 30 be found there? He answered, I will not do He answered for the sake of 10 i will not destroy it when the lord had finished speaking with abraham he left and abraham returned home this is the word of the lord <clears throat> most people in the world do not uh, we find it difficult uh, most of us find it difficult to be asked to give towards certain causes. We find it difficult to give to everything because we feel overwhelmed by the amount of needs that the world has. Just recently, i worked walked through many more, and there you'll find uh, people asking for money from, for, for, for UNICEF. People asking for money for, uh, for, for, for the Cancer Foundation. Others asking for blood for donation. Sometimes, myself included, we feel overwhelmed by all that we have, that, that the world needs. We feel like, what can I do? I don't have much. And what I have will not make a significant change anyway. So, we walk on by. But, you will notice that people who are directly affected by those charitable organizations, they're the ones who stand there and become the ones canvassing for money for cancer. People who are deeply affected by homelessness and perhaps their lives have been changed through an organization, they become the advocates of that cause and of that organization. They become the ones who don't walk on by. They become the ones who pay attention when they hear that someone is asking for money. Myself included among those. When I when I pass by student organizations at university, because my life was changed as well by student ministry. I really take time to speak to them, get to know them, and tell them that what they're doing is not in vain because I myself am a product of it. Because I was affected by it. I am now impacted by what they do, I'm now impacted by their message. That they go out to share with the world. It causes us to become more empathetic when we have experienced something ourselves and we see others experiencing it. Those who, we are hoping that those who, uh, those who know experientially are the ones who, who, who care deeply. This morning, we are looking at Abraham, and we are looking at the last uh, sermon in this series on resolutions. At first, we looked at the fact that Abraham was a man who um, was chosen by God, but was impatient with God, and he to take things onto his own hands. He decided that I'm not going to wait on God, but I'm going to fulfill the promises that God had made through my own effort. And through that, you saw God's disappointment with his unfaithfulness. But he did not flee from him. He drew near to him. And he reaffirmed his commitment to him. And he said that I'm still going to be your God. You are still going to be a blessing to the nations. I'm still going to use you to bless others, in chapter 17. And then last week, we saw these promises of God reaffirmed, and we saw these promises going again against uh, a faithlessness in God, struggling to believe that, indeed, a. Uh, hundred-year-olds can have a child. To believe in the one who, uh, who is in control of all things, that he can open the womb, that he can do the impossible, and have his promises fulfilled, as he has said in chapter twelve of Genesis. Now, as we come to verses uh, sixteen to eighteen. Uh, 233 of chapter 18, we are looking at this urgency for righteous living. This urgency for righteous living that God calls his people to. And there we are looking at two contrasted situations. In the first part, you have Abraham, many Sarah uh, who is struggling to believe the promises of God. We have Abraham has sort of grown in this, who knows that, yes, uh, after a year, the wife is going to be pregnant, who is bowing down before the Lord at the beginning of the chapter, knowing that the one who has come is God himself. And we start to notice a progression in Abraham's faith, or rather faithfulness. A beginning to trust, to rely on God. Now, as we come to this chapter, we need to be reminded that we are where we are because there has been, before we get here, to chapter 18, verses 16, all these failures to live righteously before God. We saw Abraham failing when he was in Egypt. When when he was on this land that he is in now, he fails to trust in God. He decides that he is going to go to Egypt in chapter 12, verses 10 to 20. When he gets to Egypt to protect himself, when asked uh, who Sarai is, He says, no, she's not my my wife, she's my sister. As a result, the Pharaoh takes her into his palace because the husband, Abram, at that moment was afraid, did not trust that God would protect him. Then we see in chapter 15 and 16 as well, this lack of trust in God's promises that despite God's promises to give them descendants, Abraham and Sarah, they struggled with doubt. It is Sarah who suggested that Abraham had a child with a servant, Hagar, which resulted in the birth of Ishmael, who would be in conflict with Israel. And then again we saw last week and the week before, how Sarah laughed when God told them that they would have a son. Abraham laughed before, but Sarah laughed in chapter 18 that she would have a son at an, at an old age. And this, that demonstrated a lack of faith and joy in God's promises and an unbelief in them. But even in that, the book of uh, Genesis reminds us that God had chosen Abraham to walk righteously before him, to be among, all, be among all the people of this region, to be the one who does the right thing. Look with me in chapter 18, verses 19. God is uh, living Abraham's house, after the hospitality that he has shown him, uh, he leaves him, and, he, and, he's, and this is an internal conversation that happens in the Godhead. Says, what shall we do? Should we reveal to Abraham that I'm going to destroy this city, Sodom and this, uh, this city, Sodom and Gomorrah here, for their sinfulness? In part of this internal conversation, we are told in verses 19, the reason why Abraham was chosen. Verse 19, I have chosen him so that, he will di- so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord. And by doing so, to do what is right and just so that the Lord would bring about for Abraham what he had promised. In other words, that the children of Abraham were going to be children of righteousness, examples of righteousness to those around them. There are going to be examples of those who do what is right and just in the middle of chapter chapter 18, verse 19 there. And if they do that, the promises that God gave to Abraham will be fulfilled. We're starting to get a forties, year of how um, God is going to treat the law as it comes in, um, in Exodus and Deuteronomy. That if you continue to do what is right and follow the ways of God, God will bless you. But if you don't do what is right, You are going to be cursed, you're going to be removed from the land. God is looking at this man who has struggled to have faith in God, who has turned at times away from him, that God had had to come back again and again, three times in chapter 12, in chapter 15, in chapter 17, and in chapter 18. To reaffirm the promises that God had made to him, to remind him of those promises. Because at at those moments, he'd been straying further and further from God. God says, I'm choosing him to be an example of righteousness, him and his children. I want them to live righteously before me. I want them to do what is right. I want them to be blameless. That is what it means to do what is right and just. And to demonstrate what happens if they don't do what is right and just, he's going to let him in into what he is going to do with Sodom and Gomorrah. He's going to show him that if we don't do what is right and just, punishment from God will come. Punishment from God will come. And as he, as he hears this, <coughs> he responds <coughs> by interceding on behalf of those who are unrighteous, who are wicked. As I said earlier, we are seeing growth here in Abraham. We are seeing someone here who is doing, who is living how God calls his people to live. We see the intercession of Abraham in verses 22-25. to Let's look at it. Verses twenty-two together. <clears throat> the man turned away and went towards Sodom, but Abraham remained standing before the Lord. Then Abraham approached him and said, "Would you keep away the righteous? Would you sweep away the righteous with the wicked? What if there are fifty righteous people in the city? Will you really?" sweep it away and not spare the place for the sake of 50 righteous people. Far it be from from you to do such a thing, to kill the righteous with the wicked, treating the righteous and the wicked alike. Far it be from you. Will not the judge of all the earth do right we have here a moment where God is saying, I'm going to destroy this city. And I'm going to punish those that have done evil. Abraham turns to God. We, see, we learn a lot here from Abraham's um, stature. In narrative, at times, you're not, you're not told what is happening with the, in the person's heart. But you are told... Through their action, what is happening in them. We are told for the first time, for instance, that Abraham is walking, with, continue to uh, he's walking with these beings, these supreme beings. In verse 10 look, look with me in verses 16. When the man got up to leave, they looked toward Sodom and Abraham walked along with them to see them on their way. He's walking with them. In other words, he is uh, is with them. That walking that you've learned so much about that call to walk in the ways of the Lord. He's now walking with with them, with these people. Then he continues. Not only is he walking with them, but when he hears this, he stands before the Lord. When he hears hears what God is going to do with Sodom, he stands before, Before the Lord in verses 22. That is, he intercedes, he stands between what God is going to do and God. And he says, Can I be the middleman here? Can I please speak on their behalf? He approaches the Lord in verses 23. He approaches him and he asks him question. He says, will you completely destroy the city? Have well, you no know mercy, Lord? What if there are 50 people who are righteous here? Will you destroy the city along with the righteous? Will you do, will, will not the judge of the earth do the right thing? Spare the, spare the righteous and not destroy them along with the rotten. God responds, saying, no, I will not. I will not just destroy. goes on, if there are 50 righteous people, I will spare the city. If there are, te- if there are 40, I will spare it. And it goes down and down and all the way to 10. God is demonstrating himself as a righteous, merciful and just God. And Abraham is living up to his role as the one who stands between God and his people. Who intercedes, who pleads to God, to be merciful towards the wicked. This is something that the uh, the Israelites are going to do later on, as they are uh, given the law, chosen by God to be his people, of all the people of the earth. They are the ones that God is going to speak to directly. The people in Gomorrah at this moment, in Sodom, are not speaking to God. Abraham is speaking to God on their behalf. We see a development in Abraham, a care for the lost. One who has experienced mercy and grace from God, who has experienced forgiveness, now turns to God and pleads for the me- that God will be merciful to others. One who has been told that he's going to be a blessing to the nations, he is now pleading. To be a blessing, even if it's to ten people, it's, uh, it's because of ten people in this instant. It says if I have, if you, if the Lord has chosen him, and all those he, whom he blesses will be blessed, and all those he curses will be cursed. Abraham begins to use that privilege from God for the salvation of others. He begins to use the blessing that he had received from God that others too may have an opportunity to turn to God in faith. He has not been perfect. Abraham has not been perfect as you've seen. And Sarah have not been perfect. As a matter of fact, Sarah was struggling right at the beginning of chapter 18, where she laughed at what was said of her. But it did not stop Abraham for speaking on behalf of those who do not know God, in, of pleading for mercy for those who are about to be destroyed by God. You know the story, I'm sure, of Genesis chapter 19, is that these angelic beings of God go in, they go into a house of lots, and they found this righteous person and family, but everyone else around them is as wicked as they can be. And even though the city is destroyed, we know that Lot and his family are spared. Abraham has played his role here. The one who, who has been called to be the father of the nations. Now, we, are, we are now being told that he is going to father, not just through uh, progeny, through Sarah giving back to a son but is going to father spiritually as well as one who stands before God and pleads for the salvation of those that don't know him. This is what God calls us to as well. Those who have been saved, those who have been uh, shown love and compassion by God, that we may think of ourselves as conduits of God's mercy and justice. That we may pray not only for ourselves, that we may be given by God, that God may give life To those around us who are perishing, that we may plead for them, and plead not only for ourselves, that like Christ who stood before us and God, and took on the punishment of God, and pleaded with God when those who were uh, sinful, who were killing him, and pleaded with God, saying forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. This is a call to us, who are called to the ministry of reconciliation. Reconciliation between God and man. That you may draw others to God and plead for the forgiveness of those whom we have drawn to the Lord. As we come to the end of this series this morning, my hope is that we would develop this compassion for others, that they too would come to know him, that this year we would commit ourselves to sharing the gospel with others. To being faithful to God, yes. To not take things to our own hands. And to continue to trust him in prayer, yes. But that we would care for those that are perishing. That like Abraham, who would stand before God and plead for their lives. as we come to the end of this series, that may we be filled with compassion for those that are created in God's image but are far from him. May we care enough for them that we intercede for them, plead with them and speak and plead for them. May we also trust the one who stands in between God and his people, Jesus Christ, the one who stands between humanity who is sinful and deserves to die, and God who is righteous and just in his punishment of others. May we trust that when he, when he stands before the Father and says, forgive them, for I paid for their sins, that his standing, his record of, of perfect obedience is sufficient for us to be brought into a relationship with God. Let's pray and ask God to help us Heavenly Father, we thank you here for the example set by Abraham, someone who has been, who has struggled to trust in God, who has struggled in their faith, but yet stood before you pleading for the salvation of others. Give us the same compassion, not Give us the same care for the lost, that we too will be burdened by it. But in that he would share the good news of the gospel. To know that there is, um, there is one who takes away the sins of the world, Pray and ask for this in Jesus' name. Amen.